huge, uh, massive development. Unbox Therapy, Lou Later HQ, 2020. Date today. Let's get it straight here. It is uh, Wednesday, February 5th of 2020. Never thought I'd see the day. Thought about it. Knew it was a possibility. Never thought I'd see the day. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to take a close look at your trusted co-host of the Lou Later Show, Mr. William Dew. Oh. <laughs> you went with William. <laughs> I haven't heard that in a while. That threw me off, actually. On this day in February, on the fifth day of February 2020, he decided to end his experiment and go back to wearing his headphones. <laughs> yeah. I'm done with that. No headphone days. Didn't feel like yourself. No, not really. You were a different guy. Mm-hmm. Mm you're back to where it all started. Mm -hmm. And you're cozy. It feels uh, at the right place. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, congratulations. Glad to have you back. I can feel a whole different thing now. Mm. And personally, I'm happy to be here. Mm. Top story. Top of the morning. Top story. Samsung leaks images of its new Galaxy S20. Samsung leaks its own images. Uh, can't say there's much of a surprise to be had here, but it is always interesting when a brand leaks their own stuff. Granted, they're not happy about it, I presume. Possibly even somebody was fired over this. I don't know. But this type of confirmation just eliminates all questions. It's on a Samsung website. I mean, that thing is real now, as far right. as I'm concerned. And it's, it's, there's no point anymore to be analyzing renders or potato cam coverage. They took it down, though, did they? They did take it down, okay. but we have the screenshots. Yes. As it is in 2020. You have a screenshot instantaneously. And so it was, a, it was on one of the European sites. The image here via WinFuture. Story coming via The Verge and others. And essentially, it, it meets our criteria for, for the leaks that we've seen, the metallic models that I had on the channel that were used to make the upcoming cases for later case for this device, which will be available at launch, by the way. Quick reminder there. That's right. Later case, this one right here for S20, S20 Plus, S20 Ultra. It's crazy. You can pre-order it right now. I'm not joking. So this is good news for me on that front, but I have to say, we all knew it. Everybody in the audience knew it. You knew it. Even when you weren't wearing headphones, you knew it. Mm -hmm. That this was going to be the upcoming S20 design. And of course, you take a closer look at it. You get all the things you'd expect, although this gives you a better visual because it has you have the screen turned on, 
rendered in there with the background so you get a better idea of the screen to body ratio. You see the front facing camera, the scale of it, the hole punch in the center, very note-like, current generation note-like. You have a tiny little chin and forehead, but almost, I mean, beyond that, practically invisible bezel on the sides, though they did some fancy stuff in the Photoshop with the glare. You've been in Photoshop, Will. Mm -hmm. Now, if you look over to the left-hand side of the leaked screenshot, the top one, you just scrub on over to the left-hand side. You're too zoomed. The other side. There you go. You can see, I know they're tiny little boxes, but you can see the back of the device as well. It also meets our criteria for the standard S20 model and how big the camera cutout's going to be. Of course, I evaluated the metal models in the past, and I was comfy. I was comfortable myself with the S20, S20 Plus, and then things got a bit crazy with the Ultra. The Ultra's got an enormous camera. You got a little wobble in there, but who knows? People are going to go for it probably because it should likely have tremendous performance to go with the enormous scale. You'd expect that would be the purpose and the reason, but on the S20 Ultra, it's the biggest camera section I've ever seen on a smartphone based on the models, the mock-ups that I've personally handled. Now, if you scroll down a bit further on the original article, you'll see that as part of the leaked images, the, I mean, it came alongside with a, a case leak, one of these starry type of cases. The stars, I think they light up on the case. And uh, this would probably work for Kirk, I would guess. Kirk, would this would work for him. The rest of us could never pull it off. Mm. But for Kirk, he, this could be for him. And, you know, Samsung's been kind of experimenting with their first-party cases. They're offering more and more options. They put out, like, seven or eight cases now to go with their phones. So this is kind of a high-tech version, and presumably it'll pull power. I don't know how it actually juices those lights up. It'll probably pull power from a little bit of power from the phone. Who knows? Now, of course, we have the event coming very shortly on February 11th. So, you know... Obviously, Samsung not happy about this, but who, who you know, it's around the corner. Mm. We're going to see it for real, Ultra Plus and regular. And the, the rumors still remain that we're going to see, we're expected to see a 120 hertz display, 5G support by default, and then the camera component upgrades across the board. The other rumor that emerged was some pricing in the U.S., which looks to be expensive. I expect this product to be expensive. But you got to keep in mind before you do the evaluation, they're doing 5G across the board, at least for the U.S. So part of your cost has to do with that. And then we're also going to see this Z Flip stuff. And we saw rumored cost on that as well. Coming in probably a little higher than I expected on the MSRP. And there's, there's the guy, Ben Geskin, who loves the shout out. Mm -hmm. And so here you go, Ben with the shout out you got the video clip of the z fold shout out ben gaskin so anyway february 11th keep it locked i'll have something to say i'll tell you what february 11th i'll have something to say mm -hmm. i'll think it through there's a new polka phone but mashable pakistan says it's boring did you know that's who said it was boring will when you pointed this story out to me no actually I actually had a few people reach out to me on social media. 
I'm not even there that often. You mean the internet? You know what's what's weird, Will? Yeah. You spend time, you're posting videos, you spend 10 years on here, don't you? If you're me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, at least the phase I'm in right now, the feeling I have right now, I don't. I like making videos, I like publishing videos, but as far as going on social and promoting it, and it's a lot, you know? It's to do, so the phase right now is you just put stuff out. People can find it. People can watch it. Uh, you can find this podcast in multiple places. You can seek it out. But as far as the, the social medias like Twitter and stuff, I apologize if you're not getting a reply. I appreciate your support. Uh, but I'm just not locked on to the Twitter as, as I am at certain points. And I'm not saying it's going to be like that forever. I may jump back on. And all of a sudden I'm exchanging and there's questions and answers. And that can happen at any point in time. Yeah. But right now, right now I'm good. Right now I'm relaxing. You're a man of few words. On right, yeah, right now. It could change. You know, uh, right now. Real life is happening. I'll tell you what. Can't substitute that. I tell you, <laughs> damn, dude. Well said. I man, I got life. It's coming at me. I'm. It's in the Matrix. I'm Neo, and it's just life. Mm-hmm. And you keep it together, man. You 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 hold it together. Uh, Never-ending story. The guy that's made of rock. He's got the strong grip, but he's crumbling. Who's that? And the never-ending story, the movie. Oh, I totally forgot about that. The guy is made of rock, but the nothing is coming, and he's crumbling. And he can't, he's supposed to hold on to Atreyu? I don't know. Hmm. Whatever. It's a long time ago, but I'm just saying, Will. Mm-hmm. You got to keep it all together. What, what, how does this metaphor work? Is Twitter the nothing? Am I the rock guy? I'm not crumbling. Am I? Who knows? Well, it's all possible. Twitter's the rock guy. I'm a Treyu. That's better already. Yeah, that's a better story. I mean, can you tell <laughs> the, from the physical appearance? Uh, and so then what's the nothing? The nothing is just the negative sentiment in general? Cool. I don't know. We might have done something there. I don't know. We probably did nothing there. Get it? Or something. Or something. Pokephone! You know, Will, some people said in the comments, some people said, you know what? You go on the tangent. I'm down for the ride. Some people said, I'll go down the unusual path and I'll come back with you. Yeah. And I want to shout out those people as well. Mm. Other people say, get to the goddamn yeah. point. Thanks for sticking around. And so for those people, I apologize. Sometimes I will. There's a new polka phone out, but it's kind of boring. <laughs> Next story. <laughs> no, I had a few people reach out to me and they said, you got to check out this phone. But then I did a little bit of reading and it turns out it's nowhere near as hot from a hype perspective as the last version, the F1. 
And part of it is because it looks to be very similar, if not identical, to a film that already launched a while back in China under a different name. It was, of course, the Xiaomi Redmi K30, and it launched in December. People are saying this looks pretty much the same, so it's not as exciting. I think part of the reason is the fact that it has a 700 series chip from Qualcomm, and what was compelling about the last phone was you had the flagship spec, Mm -hmm. on the f1 and people said flagship killer great camera too. i'm just walking down the street they shout at me flagship killer <laughs> killer <laughs> like why are you yelling that at me i don't have a poker phone on me or anything they're like hey lou flagship killer no that was a thing don't you remember it sounds antiquated now but people loved saying that around the time of the first oneplus yes and it was just it was a it was a thing that it was in the oneplus coined it didn't they they might have they or loved the it. audience around one one plus loved it. that whole idea yeah of and and one plus devices used to be cheap and that was part of the reason that they had the that terminology and 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 many other brands have aimed to fill that role as one plus has become increasingly premium mm -hmm. poco was one of those brands of course it was not really a brand. It was a brand underneath another brand, and there's more to the story. But nonetheless, people were really excited for this next version because they thought, hey, maybe it's going to be this flagship spec at this crazy price like the original. And that doesn't look to be the case. Though I'm looking at these specs, and they look all right to me. 6.7-inch display on the Poco X2, 120 hertz LCD display, Snapdragon 730, 8 gigs of RAM, 256 storage, and a 4,500 milliamp hour battery, and then that's coming in for $225. So I'm not mad about it, but I understand where people are coming from as far as the, the hype not being the same as the first version because it just sounds like a mid-range phone. Mm -hmm. And particularly in India, you have many options yes. for this type of spec list at that type of price point. Now, there's one other thing to mention outlined here thanks to Mashable Pakistan. And that is that they didn't call this an F-series device. They called it X2. So therefore, there's no F2. And the original was an F1. So is it possible that even within Poco, there's going to be more than one line of phones? Like a promo. And F stands for flagship or something. Yeah. I don't think it does. I don't know if it does. But you could still see an F2 which is the true successor to the F1, and this is just some other phone that they're making. Mm. That's a possibility. But I don't know. Don't hold your breath mm. for any reason. Unless you're a, um, Scoop, one, one of those uh, divers, free divers. Free divers, yeah. And I watched a movie. It terrified me as a child of uh, the free, free diving. I don't remember what the name of it was. Mm. But the guy is... Into the abyss. Oh, God. With the free diving, holding the breath that deep down, it's too late, man. If you panic, if you panic and you're that deep, you've got to slow it all down, get it together, get to the surface. And it's going to take time because you're that deep. But yet, I think you can't go super quick either because pressure, mm -hmm. skull, human skull, brain. Mm-hmm the bends you go, and then you go in the iron lung and i don't know what's going on but man that terrified me as a kid the idea that because i was never great at holding the breath either 
man, holding the breath. Can you, can you, what can you do? A couple minutes? Ugh, what? No. How, how Not long? at all. How long? 30 seconds? No, seconds? you can do better than 30. 30 seconds is not. You can definitely do better than 30 seconds. I don't seconds. know, man. Dude. I don't know. I, give us a quick search. How long can a human, how long does the average human hold their breath? It's definitely. Oh, 30 you. seconds to two minutes. Okay, you're right. If you're in excellent health. Damn, man. I, 30 seconds easily. Okay, now I don't feel as bad. I can really? Go. You want to do it right now? 30 seconds is tough. I would, I would think. No, I mean, we're going to have 30 seconds of dead air. If I, I can do 30 seconds, I promise. Two minutes, I don't know. That's tougher, obviously. And then the water element adds a whole mm. different mm. story to it. Apple's supplier Wistron to assemble key iPhone component in a new India plant. Uh, we've, we've covered this extensively on the channel. It's, it's an area of interest for me, obviously for the Indian fans, but also just for the globe. Uh, the landscape right now is kind of strange because of the whole outbreak that's taking place in China. Mm -hmm. It's also accelerating this conversation around relying so heavily on one particular hub in the world mm -hmm. for certain materials, manufacturing. Mm -hmm. um, the vast majority of iPhones come from there, but increasingly Apple has been diversifying its, uh, what do you call it, supply chain. And Foxconn themselves, they've gone into India, but the other Taiwanese manufacturer, Wistron, they're, they're doing the same. And the new thing is to do a, a larger percentage of the manufacturing and assembly in India, as opposed to just sort of the last leg of the journey, having all the parts come in. Now they're talking about assembling printed circuit boards or PCBs right within India. And there's a good incentive, there's a reason for them to do it because the leader of India, man, I gotta remember his name right now, is it Modi? Do I have that right? On Saturday, India said in its federal budget that it will, from April, begin taxing imports of populated PCBs at a higher 20% from the previous rate of 10%. Populated PCBs. Now, if the parts for the PCBs come into the country and then the PCB itself is populated within the country, that doesn't count. You see what I mean? They get around that doubling of the, Im the import tax rate. Mm -hmm. So this guy, Modi, he's all about, he's all about this, it appears. I mean, I'm an outsider. I'm just looking from the outside. I don't, I don't, I don't want to get into the various politics. Cause you know how politics go, Will. It's, then it's beliefs and 7,000 different uh, ideas that have to fit within a campaign and a, and a political party. And I'm just saying, this guy is making moves. Obviously, that's a move mm -hmm. with, an, with, a, with a, an outcome, a move with an effect. So it, it appears to me to be working, at least from this standpoint, of encouraging brands to... Well, essentially what this means is hire more Indian people, mm. create more Indian jobs. If, if all of a sudden they got to get around this tax rate, but they want to work within India, particularly selling for that local market, okay, fine. L let them populate the PCBs too. Fine. Mm -hmm. Train them. Go. 
Apple uh, historically was incredibly tight on this. Now they open things up. Now more and more can be done outside the confines of the typical place that these things come from. Mm. So it's interesting. It, of course, has an impact. And the thing we talked about in the past is that increasingly the devices that are manufactured or at least assembled a portion in India, increasingly those are also being built for export. So not just for that domestic market. Now currently, Foxconn is already assembling PCBs for the iPhone XR within India. Hmm. So it's just, it's like we're at the early stage of it still, but it's like a, it's like the Hoover Dam. I don't know. The Hoover Dam, it's like they let some water through. Yeah. Or they can let a lot. And like if the these policies level. continue, they appear to be working. Maybe they open another floodgate. A floodgate. Yes. The floodgates are opening. Mm. Anyway, we can ask the Indian audience how they feel about it. I'm sure, I'm sure there's some people out there. They love this. They say, yeah, go get them. And then there's people on the other end of the political spectrum that says, get, get them out of my town. Because that's because we're human beings. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, that's what's happening now. And uh, India sort of uh, increases its foothold as far as being uh, an important component in the global smartphone game. Speaking of Apple, they patented a new style of foldable device. This patent recently came through the patent office as a patent would. And the reason for this patent, apparently, now I get it. Some people say the folding thing, it's not the future. Look, just because there's a patent doesn't mean Apple necessarily believes it's the future. It just means, well, Apple throws patents out there because they got guys working there that have an imagination and they're out there doing things and thinking about these next generation devices. And what's the cost of applying for the patent? I don't know. It's to Apple? To Apple, the cost is the apple pie that you had earlier. Mm -hmm. It's probably less, actually. Probably half that pie. Yeah. They have funds. Will had a pie from McDonald's, an apple pie, hot apple pie, earlier. <laughs> yes, it was hot. <laughs> that detail was very uh, and, important. And you decided to, to sort of, like, eat it in a sneaky fashion. Yeah. I mean, I was... Because otherwise, Vin might have seen that. Yeah, he might have ate it. He's a connoisseur of the entire McDonald's menu. Mm -hmm. So... Just get that out of the way. Well, how was it, by the way? It was great. Yeah, it's great, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a simple thing. When I was mm -hmm. a kid, man, those apple pies, there's a nostalgic factor with mm -hmm. those. Anyway, the cost of this patent less than an apple pie to Willie do to Apple, the big company, the big apple, New York City. Wow. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, baby. The reason that they put this patent out there and the reason their patent is different from currently... Uh, the folding designs that are currently out there is that they manufactured some sort of a component underneath the display where the hinge will exist that will act as a plate that will come up and apply pressure to the crease section to completely eliminate the crease factor. That's the idea. You know Apple doesn't want a crease. No. That's not Apple like to have a crease. We have, we have a certain crease right now as it stands on the devices that exist. I can't say it completely threw me off on a Galaxy Fold. I was living my life. And when the screen is on, you don't really see it. But it's sort of more that it was weird because when you would show it to people, it's the first thing they would say. Mm -hmm. Is there a crease? Can I see the crease? 
Mm-hmm. It's got to be a crease, right? And it would just kind of kill your experience a little bit. Like, yeah, there's a crease. I don't know. Why are we talking about a crease? It's a, it's a screen that folds. It's a giant. Yeah. We're living in the future. Blade Runner. That's not Blade Runner, but we do have a Blade Runner backdrop at times. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, pass. I know. So it kind of bugs you. It, it, you're like, that's not the whole conversation. But you understand it, man. That's people. Mm-hmm. People, they go in, they inspect. It's fine. So Apple apparently has some sort of a solution for this. Now, if you look a little deeper into the actual patent filing and scroll down a little bit, you'll see that this is for a larger device as well. That's definitely not a phone based on the form factor. At least not to me. It doesn't look like a phone. It looks more like a tablet. So Mm -hmm. if Apple does do this, I assume we'll probably see it in a tablet-like device, an iPad-like device, probably prior to seeing it ever make its way into a phone. And and personally, I kind of think you know, Microsoft, not with a folding display, but they have their own foldable, the mm-hmm. Duo and the Neo. Yes. I think when it comes to the immediate practicality of the folding, the folding device and the kind of, I mean, the way we treat our phones, the number of smashed screens that I see on phones, phones need, need a certain degree of durability that these types of mechanisms are not great for. And we've seen that hashed out in the public with the devices that have emerged. Whereas with a tablet or a computing device, we just treat them differently. Laptops have had hinges for how long? We put them in a padded bag. We carry them carefully. Phones? Phones are Frisbees to people. I'm not saying they should be. But people are tossing phones in 2020. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's a bit tougher to have the folding mechanism and the fragile components in the device that goes in your pocket, goes in your purse, goes in your car, slams on the thing, goes on the table. So I think if Apple does it, like I said, I think they do the tablet first. Remember Google Glass, Will? Mm -hmm. Remember when that came out? That caused a stir, possibly even a ruckus. When it first dropped, people said, don't be be wearing that around me. Surveillance. Yeah, people were so upset. And then, why are you recording? In San Francisco, where it popped off and people were actually wearing it, developers and tech heads and so forth. I remember reading a story about a bar that had to ban them. They said, people don't want to be on camera in here. Mm -hmm. It's weird, though. Even without the Google Glass, everybody's on camera all the time. It's Mm -hmm. a whole, and the phones are everywhere and they're listening, too. So I don't know. It's, It's all surveillance. But I get it. Nonetheless, the thing was awkward. It looked weird. It felt weird. Change the vibe. You know, imagine you go on a date, Will, and, and you're sitting across from your date and they got the Google Glass going. Mm. It's very strange. Yeah, that won't fly. Yeah, it's very strange. So, But they didn't give up on it, apparently, and that's what the story here is about. You can now buy Glass Enterprise Edition 2, which is meant for developers. So they kind of took the... They changed the pitch. Early on, there was a... Everyone it, can get it. It just felt like the... They were ready to approach the general public, yes. Google Glass. It was expensive, so it was cost prohibitive for most people. You wouldn't buy it if you didn't have think you had a use for it. But they just sort of shifted, by the looks of it, the proposition mm-hmm. towards, a group, to, towards developers, a group of individuals aiming to make things for this future that doesn't necessarily exist yet. Microsoft has done something similar with, with HoloLens. HoloLens. Yes. And this approach tends to yield less criticism because it almost admits that from a cultural perspective that's where these devices belong at the moment Mm -hmm. so that's kind of cool 
And I'm glad they didn't give up on it because I had experience with the original version. It was cool. There was a cool factor to it. It was You had this prism in your eye, and it felt futuristic as bad as you looked from the outside. It had a cool aspect to it. And so they're continuing to develop it, and they're continuing to develop it for developers. You know what's a crazy thought here, Will? Mm. Is that that original one came out at Google I.O. 2013. And I remember seeing that I.O. presentation and just, I got to I gotta get that. Yeah, this it, is the future. It was so sci-fi and cool sounding. I'm holding a microphone back then. <laughs> you know what? I should get, I should, that, we should do that in the studio. I just forget about a lav mic that, that I'm clipping every two seconds. Yeah. I should just get a handheld and come around. That's not going to happen. It is fun to hold a microphone, though. Enterprise Edition 2 was initially available only through authorized solution partners that would work with a business to develop custom software for their needs. But now Google's dropping that restriction so the general public can purchase Enterprise Edition 2. It's just not targeted at the general public. And it's still expensive, obviously. Uh, prices are currently hovering at or just below $11.99 before taxes. But you can pick it up at CDW, for example. So glass is not over yet. It just kind of changed into Atari. It'll be interesting to see what people make with glass going forward and if it actually becomes the future or by the time they've developed it, it's a contact lens and we don't mm -hmm. have to wear the glass. Then I don't even know who's got it and who doesn't. Right. Who's a cyborg and who's not. You won't even see it. You'll be on that same date, Will, and your date's going to be scrolling. It's like, uh, why is your eye flashing? Yeah, that your date's going to be scrolling and you're sitting across. And how do you like that shrimp cocktail? <laughs> hey there, are you enjoying yourself tonight? Yeah. That's you on a date. And she's scrolling uh, in her eyeball. And you're like, oh, man, what am I doing? Your eye's having a red dot and it's blinking. Yeah. You're, you're like, oh, man, I'm d I don't belong here. Yeah. And then you go get an apple pie from McDonald's, <laughs> which is hot. All right, last one for me. It looks like YouTube Premium is doing okay. Now, I picked this story because there's a personal component. We all in this studio use YouTube Premium. Everybody here. And can't imagine a world in which we don't. At least I can't. You use it, right? Of course. Okay, you guys. I have a family plan. Okay, so, so a few guys in here split the family plan, and the cost is actually quite low. Was it like five, six bucks? A month? It was like five or six bucks. It comes with... YouTube Music, which for all intents and purposes is essentially Spotify. They even have the new Discover Mix, which updates every week. It's They're implementing those features. It feels a lot like Spotify, except it has the YouTube algorithm baked into it because it's linked to your YouTube account. So it's all connected. If you watch music videos on YouTube, that informs YouTube Music and vice versa. So it might be even more powerful in some sense. So you get the YouTube Music and you get YouTube Premium. YouTube Premium... Uh, of course, removes ads from the site and and supports your favorite creators. They get a percentage of your of your monthly subscription fee if you watch their channel a lot without the need for you to see ads. So it doesn't cut them out. You get ad free and you get background play, and you can download your favorite stuff to to, to watch it when you're offline and save your data fees. So it's just a cool product. It's a cool app, and we have this story here that they now have 20 million subscribers. I understand that. In the scale of YouTube, 20 million 
Well, Unbox Therapy has 16 million subscribers. Now, they're not paying subscribers. So it doesn't sound enormous, but it's still, it's a new service. And it's not like there's been an enormous marketing campaign. I feel like they've actually marketed YouTube TV more than YouTube Premium. And, and that's led to around 2 million paid subscribers. That's a more expensive subscription. Of course, they were advertising that with the MLB, shoving it in your face if you were watching the World Series. I remember that, but not necessarily premium. Anyway, YouTube is out there. They're getting the, the, the word out, and they've at least put together a handful of paying customers, and it does indicate that YouTube is uh, worth something to people, mm -hmm. that a tangible amount of money and not just an worthwhile as an exchange for their attention in the form of an advertisement, and I think that's interesting. I know for me it changes the way I interact with the site because I'm not seeing advertising. So I feel that I'm engaging differently with the content creators knowing that what I watch, I'm paying them directly. And that's how actually premium works is that it's based on watch time. And so people watching this right now, if, if you're a YouTube premium member and you're watching this, a percentage of your monthly subscription fee goes to us for this show to continue doing this show. Mm -hmm. That's a nice, intimate, direct relationship that advertising doesn't really give you in the same way. So it's a, it's a cool product. Now, granted, hey, hey, Will, mm. Google going to get their cut. Mm -hmm. Hey, Will, yeah, Google's going to... I just said it's like me and you and, and me and the audience were having this. Google's sitting right there. Yeah, They're watching everything. And they get their peace. So let's not act like it's all fun and games. But nonetheless, it, that it's a bit more direct. Now, to put this, to compare this to some other services out there to, that, that will make the 20 million look small, Spotify's got 113 million paying users. But they've been at it for a really long time. And YouTube Premium, YouTube Music is a, is a little bit newer. So... It depends on the way you want to read that. Spotify, obviously huge, obviously very successful. Apple Music, 60 million paying subscribers. And Amazon Music, 55 million, but that also includes those that are the free members, not just paying members. So interesting nonetheless. We'll see where the whole thing goes. I know myself, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on YouTube. I watch mostly YouTube. And if there was a subscription, and Kirk and I were talking about this uh, earlier, or maybe that was yesterday, if there was a subscription that I wouldn't want to give up, this sounds... Get ready for some. Get ready for me to say something crazy. I would cancel my Netflix subscription before my YouTube Premium subscription. I would keep the YouTube Premium over my Netflix subscription. Now you're saying, but you can still watch YouTube with the ads. But when you factor in the the, the music and everything else, and the amount that I pay, I and the fact that I can binge YouTube without any distraction, without any interference. It's a it's a heck of a package for me, at least. And the way and the things that I watch and the time that I have to watch and mm -hmm. so forth. Yeah, I agree with you. Ad free makes such a big difference. Yeah. Especially when you're like watching some compelling content, like a podcast or something. Or like long form but, content. But, and but, then all of a sudden you got hit by an ad. But Will, people right now are saying, I'm getting hit by an ad watching this podcast. Yes. I think the the this is the ultimate scenario is choice. Yeah. So you see, and, and we talked about this in relationship to Netflix, that what if there was a free Netflix that had ads? Who's going to be mad? 
you can still pay, keep it the same if you ch if that's of value to you. Mm -hmm. That's why YouTube's model here it puts the power back on the consumer, on the mm -hmm. on the viewer to say, yeah, keep watching it. You pick ads, no ads, mm -hmm. and of course the YouTube music piece. So I think that's the better scenario. You don't want to restrict stuff, right? If someone came along, if Netflix came along and said, Lou, we're taking the Lou Later show, we're going to give you X number of dollars, it would bother me that it's not accessible to anyone, mm -hmm. e even if that's in, in exchange for ads. To me, that's the better scenario, is you find a model that can satisfy both parties. If you don't mind watching ads and you don't care to pay for premium, beautiful. You still can get the content at least. And if you want the premium version of it, you can pay for the upgrade. That's a nice, healthy scenario in my estimation. I think it's the right one. Mm -hmm. And I think, oh, oh, for the record, Amazon has a version of that. Hulu, I think, has a version of that. Spotify has a version of that, right? You can. There's a free Spotify with ads. Mm -hmm. this, this is well-established. Netflix is actually the outlier here. Maybe Disney Plus is with them. But a free tier... And a premium tier, it, it works really well. With all the content available. All the content available, just extra features, or like we said, with the premium, the ad-free experience, mm -hmm. plus the music. Anyway, 20 million might not be as big as uh, Google or Alphabet had hoped for, but I think it's interesting. I think it's relatively disruptive, but it does continue down this path of, my God, how do we have all these subscriptions and how do we choose? Because it's just, it's tremendous now. Just, just this list right here, you could have four. Um, of course, this, this, this one didn't include Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Apple TV+, Plus, Apple Music, the whole, I mean, my goodness. You could have a dozen subscriptions right now. And so I'm curious, actually, to find out from the audience. You heard what I said, how much I appreciate YouTube Premium. Which subscription are you currently paying for? Netflix included that is the last one you would hold on to out of all your subscriptions. That's the one that you wouldn't give up. I'm curious to find out. Of course, that could be cable TV. It's probably not, but it could be. You could say that. Mm -hmm. Could be a music service. Could be Amazon Prime. Well, internet service. No, not, and not internet service because all these require internet service. But Prime is an interesting one, right? Because th their premium version is... Oh, it's, there's a shipping angle and there's a yeah. content angle. And it's, well, it's interesting, man. The way everything's going to be packed together. Prime deals and stuff. It's and then Disney cool. Plus has an ESPN element. Although people told me after I talked about it, because I don't have Disney Plus, they said, nah, the ESPN element is not really there. Mm -hmm. Granted, for a sports fan, they may have the NFL, NBA, uh, NHL type of package, mm -hmm. MLB. And that might be the subscription they don't want to give up where you get all the games. So anyway, I like choice myself. It doesn't really bother me that much. I don't have a problem saying goodbye to subscriptions that I don't use or don't like. And really, that's the main thing is it should be all right to say, you know what, this is the one I'm going to keep. I'm not going to have all those other ones for now. Maybe that changes at a certain point. That's the beauty of choice. Even when you feel locked with these, you're just you're not as locked as you used to be. Remember contracts with smartphones and stuff? Pay it, pay it off over 13-year period. Yeah, I mean, that ain't happening nearly as much anymore. Anyway, new Samsung phones shortly, February 11th. Willie Do's working on it. We're going to have something to say about it.
We're going to make it happen. And don't forget, the headphones are back for good.